0: Everybody will Bibles, turn with me if you would to 1 John chapter 4. I'm, a, I'm amazed at how God leads his children. And uh, I've been, as different ones were testifying, I was thinking, you know, in the last 16, 18 months, you all have had a lot of change. Change of pastor, Peterson's come, Peterson's go. Um, And yet, God has been with us through it all. And uh, as I certainly don't know what's in uh, Peterson's future, um, but we don't know what's in our future. But as we sing... Tonight, Jesus is the hope of earth and the joy of heaven. And whatever our future holds, Jesus is there already. That brings me great joy and great comfort. Amen. Tonight's passage is my favorite passage in all of Scripture. I have a lot of favorite verses, but this is my very favorite, very favorite passage of scripture. And I believe it, in it is enough to get to heaven, in if that's all the scripture you had. And so, uh, you forgive me if I can't preach very well tonight, because I don't, because I just feel touched so much by this passage, I invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's word. I didn't have you stand this morning because I didn't really preach. I'm not sure I'm going to preach tonight. In fact, I'm pretty certain I'm not. But I love the. I love to be able to share with you my favorite, very favorite passage of Scripture. this is John's hobby horse you know we talk about preachers having hobby horses this is John's John's got a hobby horse five times he says let us love one another four times I may have this switched but four times he says uh, love the brethren John's got a hobby it's all about love and I know a lot of preachers have a lot of different hobbies, but this is probably the best one you can have. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Here in His love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and that he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son of God be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, but he hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God, whom he hath not? And this commandment be from him, that he who loveth God, loveth his brother also. Father, we are yours we humble ourselves in your presence. We thank you for the testimonies tonight. We thank you, Father, for the sense of love that we already know is here in the church. We just ask that you would come and help us one more time. May we we love others as you have loved us. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know that you know this about me, but when I was a teenager, even before I had my call to preach, I started in ministry, not in the pulpit, but in junior church. We had a junior church ministry and uh, an active uh it wasn't there was no bus, there was vans and cars but Anyhow, the kids would come and on the first Sunday of the month, they decided that they would have the pastor preach to the children. And so he would tell a Bible story or or whatever he would do and on the first Sunday. But, But the littlest ones, five and under, say they just couldn't handle being out in the sanctuary and Of course, you know, many of them didn't have their parents there with them to correct them. And so uh, one of the ladies had volunteered to be the first Sunday of the month's junior church worker. And she volunteered me to help her. And so I began my ministry career really telling stories to children. I tell you that because as I was dissecting this sermon and, you know, finding my points and my sub-points and my cute little stories to go along with it and things that I thought would make you laugh and things that I thought would make you think, I felt like the Holy Spirit knocked on my heart's door and said, is that really what you're going to do tonight? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Really? Always great when the Holy Spirit comes and kind of just changes your plans. I felt like God wanted me not to try to dissect and to try to, to try to do this at a mind level, but that he would, wanted me to tell you a story to help us to understand this passage a little better, a story that I felt like God had laid on my heart is actually a a Jewish story. It comes from the Jewish tradition. And it's an old, old story. So it's not my story. But it's a story that I feel like God wants you to hear tonight. long time ago, in Eastern Europe, there was a band of incompetent thieves. And these incompetent thieves uh, had attempted many, many robberies. But they were so bad at stealing that oftentimes they were the ones that were beat up and they had less money and they were in bad shape. And uh, as incompetent as as they were, their leader, Shlomo, that's a great name, Shlomo. I didn't give it to him. But Shlomo had one good quality and that he was persistent and he didn't like to give up. And they tried and tried and tried to rob people. And they kept getting beat up and kept getting poorer for their efforts. And so finally one day Shlomo said, you know, we're, this is, what are we doing? This is, this is nonsense. This, is, this isn't the way that we should go about it. This isn't, uh, you know, there, there's got to be a better way. He said, you know, rich people, rich people, You know, they travel and and, and leaders and, you know, they're carried on these things and and they got a lot of money. Why are we trying to rob these poor people anyways? Let's rob the rich and keep it for ourselves. And the guys were, yeah, let's do that, Shlomo. That sounds like a good idea. And so they went and and they decided instead of just being thieves, they were going to be highwaymen. But Shlomo forgot one important detail. Rich people had guards. And it didn't only take two or three times, and they realized that if they kept this up, they were going to get killed. Slomo and his men were, were pretty discouraged. And someone even said, it's hard for a dishonest man to make a living in this world. Poor Shlomo and his crew. So, as they sat by the fire that night, trying to scheme and trying to plan, trying to find a way that they could make money, Shlomo happened upon an idea. He said, You know, he says that I've heard tell about these rabbis, these Jewish teachers that go from place to place with their disciples. And people uh, love them. They, they go in and the people throw them money and give them food and let them stay in their houses. And uh, he said, you know, instead of trying to steal the money, why don't we just trick them into giving us their money? And, uh, you know, the guys were like, yeah, yeah, let's try that, let's try that. And one of, one of Shlomo's men said, "Well, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, Shlomo, uh, there's, there's a problem you're not a famous rabbi. I mean, you would go into town, they're not going to know who we are. And Shlomo said, that's exactly the point. What, the famous rabbis don't come around here. Nobody knows about any rabbis in, 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 the, in our, the towns around here. If we go as, rabbi, as a rabbi and you all as my disciples... They'll just assume I'm a famous rabbi, and they'll just, they'll just take us in. And so they, they decided that that was what they were going to do. They found some dark clothes, and they dressed up as, as disciples. They found an outfit that seemed appropriate for Shlomo, and it was a rabbi and his disciples. They were about ready to make their way into the first village. And, and that one guy who had all the questions, he had another question. He said, wait a minute, Shlomo. Wait, 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 wait. Now, when a rabbi comes to a community, people want the rabbi to say prayers and uh, to give blessings. And they have all sorts of questions they that they need answers to. You don't know any prayers. You don't know any blessings. You don't have the answers to their questions. How are you going to to do this? You're not going to be able to pull this off. And Shlomo says, once again, friend, you've missed the point. If they knew the prayers, if they knew the blessings, if they knew the the answers to the questions, they wouldn't ask us to do it. All I got to do is make it up. Make it up as I go. And they'll just believe whatever I tell them. I'll just make it up. Don't worry about it. And his friend decided, you know, that does kind of make sense. That'll work. Okay. So they made their way into the village. Small town. And all the people were excited. A famous rabbi had entered into their community. No one could remember the last time a rabbi had come to their town. And people were just taking money and throwing it at them. People had, had, were bringing up food and all sorts of things. And people were uh, just pressing in around them and saying, uh, Bless me, Rabbi. Bless me. So, oh, I, uh, listen to, to, my, uh, to my needs. Pray for me. Pray for me. Give me a blessing. And, and so much shouting as they're making their way to the center of this town. And Shlomo just kind of looks over at his men and kind of gave it a little nod and a wink. This is working out far better than they ever imagined. Pretty soon, the mayor of the town came up and he said, oh, rabbi, it is so wonderful to have you here. What a blessing to have a rabbi in my town. Would you be willing to come to my meager mansion We'll feed you. We'll 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 take care of you. All I ask is if you would bless my daughter in return. That's all I'm asking. Slomo said, "Well, yes, I, we'll we'll do that." So the procession made its way to the mansion. It was no meager mansion at all. It was a glorious mansion, and it was it was such that. Every single one of Shlomo's disciples got their own room and their own bath. And there was snacks that were brought in on trays in preparation for the feast that would be held that night. What a deal. What a deal. The men had not had such treatment in all their lives. This was working out it's time for the feast all things were made ready servant and come and gathered them and Shlomo led his disciples down to the great banqueting hall it seemed to them that all of the town was there it was crammed packed full of people at the head table where the highest honor The mayor sat with Shlomo, his disciples, at the table just beneath him. It was quite an event. There was food like they had never imagined before. There was music and entertainment. It was just a wonderful, wonderful evening. And finally, the mayor looked over at Shlomo. And he said, would now be an appropriate time for you to bless my daughter. Lomo said, well, yes, bring her down, and, and I'll bless her. The mayor's face fell, he said, um, great rabbi, um, I'm afraid she can't come down. She's not well. In fact, the mayor swallowed a little bit, and he said, in fact... Everything has been tried and she's going to die unless the prayers of a holy man such as yourself will be made on her behalf. Shlomo nodded his head and he got up and his men followed him, his disciples. and went up the staircase as the father led Shlomo and his men up to the door father opened the door and there laying in the bed was a 10-year-old girl, pale. These were rough men and they'd seen death. And they knew that she was as close to death as possible. Panic welled up in Shlomo's heart. So he walked in, and he closed the door behind him, the father and his men standing outside. It didn't take long, and pretty soon the men began to hear what sounded like quiet crying. And it got louder and louder. Louder until it was a dreadful wail. And the men knew that the daughter, this mayor's daughter, had probably died. That Shlomo had not been able to say a prayer that would save her. And just when the wail seemed at its worst, the door burst open and Shlomo ran out, ran down the stairs, ran out into the courtyard. And his men just looked at each other. They looked at the father. Everybody was kind of bewildered. No one knew exactly what to do. And as they were trying to figure out what they should do, the mayor's daughter walked out of the door. The color returning to her cheeks. Full health. The disciples Such as they were, made their way down the the stairs and they found Shlomo in the garden just weeping and wailing. And he was crying out. And the men said, What happened? What's going on? He said, I went into that room and he said, The door closed. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I was supposed to do, I didn't know any prayers. I just began to call out to God and I said, God, what kind of God are you that you would put the life of a little girl into the hands of a thief? What kind of God are you? What kind of God is he? He's a God... Who is love. He's the kind of God who looks for thieves, looks for sinners and horrible people, people that we wouldn't think are very valuable, but God looks and he sees them and he says, I love them. And He reveals Himself to those kind of people. It wasn't the prayer of a thief that raised that girl. It wasn't his faith. It's the love of a great God. And we can dissect it, and we can philosophize over it, and we can think about it, and we can talk about it. But really, tonight, you just have to know it. You just have to experience it for yourself. John tells us, tells us that we ought to love one another because of his great love for us, and I don't know what all that means all the time, but I know this, that when you love somebody, you put what they want first. And what they need first when God looked down and saw us he saw we needed a great Savior he saw the earth had no hope and so he sent the greatest treasure of heaven so that he could become our hope that he could be our substitution for the penalty of our sins What kind of God are you? The kind of God who loves those who don't deserve it. He's the kind of God that calls his children to love in the same measure as we've been loved. Folks, if we can't do that, it means that his love is not in us. John says you're a liar. Someone once said that if you want to know how much you love the Lord, you figure out who you love the least. And that's how much you love God. If you can't love your brother whom you've seen, how can you love God who you have not seen? What kind of God is He? He's the God of love. And we can debate a lot of points, and we can can get bogged down in philosophies and standards and a lot of things. But if we can get this right, if we can get this right, we'll be all right. The world isn't looking for more people to criticize them and to judge them for what they're doing. They're looking for people who love them. You say they want—they don't want love, they just want acceptance. They just want approval for what they do. You know, a lot of times it's the reason that they... They call that love is because they don't know any better. They've never experienced real love. And if we can show them real love, I believe God can make a real difference. A real difference. So tonight, no great sermon. Just a story about a God who loves us so much that He will seek us out even in the midst of our wrongdoing and calls us to do the same, to seek others out in the midst of their wrongdoing and show them great love. Let's stand together.